creators of Relevant Magazine, this is The Relevant Podcast. And it's the relevant podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and joining me here in our Orlando studios, Mr. Andre Henry. Yo. Over there on the ones and twos, our newest member of our team and our temporary producer, Mr. Clark Flippo. What's up? Sitting in for Chandler, who's on vacation this week. Uh, On the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. And joining us from summer camp, author, speaker, podcaster, Annie F. Downs. Good morning, gents. Has the revival broken out? More than you can imagine. We're just having the very best of times. What, what's your awesome. view right now? Annie, how is the camp food there? That's my mm-hmm. concern. Because to my knowledge, camp food is all, it's very macaroni based in my <laughs> <laughs> No, this is actually pretty, I mean, I've been at campgrounds, camping facilities where the food is, like when we do retreats or stuff where the food's pretty terrible. <laughs> but this is actually really good. And y'all know that I'm like a super weird eater anyway. I'm kind of vegan and don't really eat meat and I'm allergic to dairy and blah, blah, blah. And so I have to eat kind of weird and they have had great salads. So that makes me happy. Wow. What, what do you eat in a normal day? Like, I mean. Yeah, I eat a lot of fruits and vegetables. That's what I mostly eat is fruits. I eat a lot of avocado because I love it. And like for breakfast, I'll have um, breakfast has been the hard one to sort out not eating meat really but um a lot of chia seed pudding wait so before <laughs> before you were like eating that. a lot of so before you, you would eat a lot of meat for yeah, breakfast like eggs like eggs or bacon is eggs meat i mean eggs is yeah it's from an animal pre-birds it's it's from an animal but it's not meat is egg meat i don't know it's pre-meat yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, 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 is your reason for not eating it like ethical or no. health? Oh, health. Okay. It just because I was going to say, I think you can ethically get I can get by with eating eggs if it was ethical because it's pre meat. Well, no, because I mean, you can ethically get. I mean, those birds, those chickens are laying eggs either way. You know right. what I mean? It's just you're taking them. You're taking their. It's like you're not going to cut down them. the tree. You're only going to use fallen trees. You know, yeah, exactly. you're, you're going to eat yeah. the fallen eggs. You don't have to. Yeah, go farm them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Here, can I tell you a pet peeve of mine is when I go into a Chipotle and, and they're like, okay, what protein do you want? I don't know. Amino B. I want the chicken. <laughs> Just call it meat. Okay. Don't, <laughs> all of a sudden, all of a sudden there's protein in everything. It's oh like, I buy, you know, I go to 7-Eleven and I want like a little pick-me-up, like one of those monster coffees. This one has added protein. No one asked for that. No no, see, one, what protein do you want means they can't say what meat do you want because they also offer like tofu and stuff. So it's, uh, these are all the, the protein topping options. The, the, I, I want to know, I want to know how many people are, are, are ordering the tofu. And, Not you know, me. you could say, okay, what do you want for over here? You, you want meat or tofu? Like, the, the protein, it's, it's, it's just absurd. You've, you've doubled the amount of questions when you ask meat or tofu and they say meat, then you have to say what kind of meat. If you just yeah. say protein, you say chicken or steak. 
But yeah. I don't go. I don't go on the rice side. Oh, what vitamin B do you want? Oh, <laughs> the brown, the brown vitamin. Would you like As a food it? category, it is a protein. I mean, yeah. it's like you have your vegetables, your protein, your starches. No, you have your vegetables, your meats. Protein is <laughs> is like a collection of molecules. Okay, it's absurd. We need to get over this whole protein so thing. So you'd rather them say what kind of meat, and someone go tofu. So you and, and here's that, the thing that makes more sense. Okay, here, here's the thing. I, I eat protein bars, quote unquote, for breakfast all the time. Mm. I'm, I, at least I have the intellectual and moral honesty to just know I'm eating a candy bar. It's covered <laughs> in chocolate. <laughs> the inside is very cake-like, okay? But because it has, because it has protein in it, which is not a meat, it, because it has molecules that formed in a certain way that will, when consumed, will be digested and turned into, you know, have the same values to my nutritional uh, needs as meat. They, they say it's, it's a protein I can eat for breakfast. But I have the intellectual courage to say I'm eating a candy bar for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> well, this week's show is brought to you by Bright Peak and their Together Budgeting app. Uh, Bright Peak is uh, our partner this year, uh, bringing bringing you guys love and money section at Relevant and all the resources that they have. Well, Bright Peak is an amazing company, and they are trying to change the way that our generation engages. Uh, our, our resources, our finances, and our relationships. The Budgeting Together app is an awesome resource where it helps you um, really understand the why behind your money. Uh, it has budgeting tools. Uh, they have uh, debt reduction tools. They have uh, re, uh, finance videos for men and women. They have finance calculators and guidance tips to help everybody grow stronger in their relationships as they work through money together. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big issue that how much there's a connectedness in relationships between financial health and relational health. Yeah. You know, if a, if a couple can't talk about money, there's probably other things they can't talk about either. Right. Yeah. And so there's a through line and it's been really challenging and fun partnering with them this year to create content and resources that help you guys engage that stuff differently. So go check out bright peak and their together budgeting app. Yeah, well, the great thing about the app, too, is like it helps you find margin. You know what I mean? No matter what your finances are, you can literally use this and find more ways to live gener- like Because they're about the values, you know? And th- this can help you find more ways to kind of live generously and support causes. Let's say, hypothetically, that the cause is to help Cameron earn $100,000 <laughs> for the Hood to Coast, which for longtime listeners know, if he hits that milestone, he will be hopping the Hood to Coast race <laughs> and carbon fiber... Blades. I'm shoes. afraid he's going to be hopping either way, but and we that's have a that on record. Problem. So download the app, figure out how you can make the margin, and let's make Cameron hop down Mount Hood. <laughs> <laughs> margin enough to go double double guac at Chipotle next time. But but Ooh. honestly, that is that is a great thing that they're helping people do. Like whether you make twenty thousand dollars a year or two hundred thousand dollars a year, everybody can create margin in their budget and from unlikely places. And this budgeting app and some of the resources that Bright Peak has developed helps you find that and. Why? It's not just to have more to consume more. It's so you can live below your means. And that affects your ability to, you know, your your calling. That affects the decisions you make with your career and your time and, and your ability to live generously. And that's a big deal. So why? what's your motive? And I think that's what I love about Bright Peak's approach. So go check them out, brightpeakfinancial.com. Before we move the show along, the Friday episode, we do slices. We have our listener of the week. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a fun show. Coming up later, we have filmmaker Paul Schrader joining us. Uh, legend. legend. Legend, Paul Schrader. Jesse, are you the one who does the interview? 
uh, uh, Tyler Daswick in the Daz will do it. Uh, Daz will do it. <laughs> Daz will do the interview. Uh, he has a he has a new film coming out called First Reformed, and there's a ton of like faith conversation around this thing. Uh, yeah. It's a fascinating conversation that comes up later. A lot of people are saying it's the best movie of the year. I mean, it's already in really? talks for yeah, Oscar heard, contention. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Oh. So so when the Oscars happen next February, and you're watching him walk across the stage, just remember that you first heard about the film and you heard a conversation with him here. We'll, we'll probably replay it to just to remind you that we got a probable Oscar winner on our show. Yeah. It's a big deal. Yeah. yeah. But no before, big deal. Not before, bragging. Not bragging. Before we move the show along, you know, a uh, little theater of the mind, we can see Annie and Jesse. We got the, the Skype mm-hmm. up on the screen. Which is great. Jesse is beat red. Is it, <laughs> it is the beginning of summer. We're full force in the summer now and Jesse has changed hue. Uh, that's right that's right i'm what, spending a lot of time soaking up the vitamin d which is uh which because i'm a normal human i say i've been out in the sun not that vitamin right. d has been touching my skin are you, are you doing more are you more around the, the pool i know they're virginia beach you know you're right near the the coast you're right near Man, the ocean i've been doing the beach i've been doing the pool you know the thing is i live in like a very active neighborhood so we go to like i'll bring my kids over to one person's house who's got a pool they'll be over my house we're, we're outside like all weekends hanging with the pool? neighborhood I do have a pool, and <gasps> you both, uh, both of you guys have pools. I yeah, have a pool. I mean, it's a way to beat the heat, but it's also a way to get them know the neighbors. Once you have a pool, everyone's staying at your house, which is cool. I, no, I like see, having people over. See, that's where you and I uh, are very, very different. Because, like, I on Saturday was home. I didn't have Cohen this weekend, so I was watching my Anthony Bourdain marathon. Right, yeah. I didn't really leave the house, mm. and then on Sunday after church, I wanted to watch more Anthony Bourdain, and then it dawned on me. I can't, but I did, I felt bad like being inside. It was a beautiful yeah. sunny, uh, sunny weekend, right? I felt bad. Oh my bad. gosh, tell me what you did. I, it dawned on me, I can stream TV on my phone. Oh, so wow. I started streaming Anthony Bourdain on my phone and went out and floated in the pool for five hours. <laughs> it oh, was wow. great. So you, I would think you would have a TV outside, no? Mm, I might have my phone. That feels like a Cameron thing to have a TV mounted where you can watch from the pool. I, that is coming. I'm just under construction. Of course right it is. Now, yeah. so. I, yeah. I love that. I think that's awesome. That's yeah. what I thought. That's going to be the evenings. I'll just float that way. But see, I'm there just floating by myself, Jesse. Nobody's coming over. You people just oh, show I up got- at your house. I, yeah, I mean, we. I, I went for a little a little jog. I was still under the impression I was going to be doing Hoodie Coast, which for people <laughs> that don't know, I had to back out because of a prior family vacation. And I came and there's like beach cruisers parked right by my gate and got people from the neighborhood hanging out in the backyard. But aren't you good. related to like everybody in your neighborhood? I do have a lot of relatives in the neighborhood, but I knew this was, <laughs> but, but we had, you know, it's just, it's a social neighborhood. Here's the thing. Uh, this is true story. When I moved into the neighborhood I'm in now, so I've been here for like two years, literally like uh, within the first couple days of the moving truck arriving, I got an email invitation to the site next door. Have you got, are you guys familiar with next door? Yes. No. Andre no, Man, next like door. Like it's like an app. Oh, next door. I follow a next door account on Twitter that like finds some of the crazy yeah, yeah, things yeah, people yeah, post yeah. on next door. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, Best so it's like a, it's like a, almost like a neighborhood watch app or something. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So what it is, it's basically like a neighborhood message board where people can just go and talk about whatever they want. Got it. And like I somebody always, needs I to pick it. up their trash on the corner of whatever. Or somebody needs to yeah. trim the so and so. Okay, I've heard of this. Like, oh, that's like, the simplest of things they say. 
Yeah, so so I've been following my neighborhood. I follow mine very closely. Um, I've never contributed, but the thing is, like, there's a lot. The, the, a lot of it's just like the cable went out for a little while last night, so the whole neighborhood is buzzing on next door about the cable. When's when's cable coming back? Anybody get a hold of the cable company? What's going on with the cable? I have. I, <laughs> You have to I interact have been, with the people who live around you? That sounds awful. Yeah, it's people next door. It's your neighborhood. It's literally the neighbors. And so yeah, here's yeah. <laughs> So I'm I'm always following these conversations and there's been so many times I've been tempted to just start trolling everyone in my neighborhood because uh, the people who are active are very conservative. Like last night, I was tempted to confess that I chopped the cable line on accident, like, and just to get the neighbors riled up. Like the other day, there was some, like, there was one where this guy was like, whoever, whatever, uh, 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 Frady cat who's afraid to say it to my face. I'm not going to start stop working out. I'm my driveway on my truck. No matter how many times you call the city, like that was literally a next door post. No. And I, I almost challenged that guy to a fight as a different person in the neighborhood. <laughs> Wait, can you, can you, can you do it as a fake name or you, ha- no, are you no, exposed? No, you have to be you. No, oh, you but here's the thing. I think I may have figured right. out a hack where I can create a did. fake neighbor and I control this thing. Like I, wow. I want to create a fake persona and just start living out all my next door. Jesse Brian Colangelo, the president of the Philadelphia 76ers, did this exact thing, not on next door, but just on Twitter. Yeah, the and burner now he, now he's out. Yeah, well, that was actually his wife. Did you find? Did you hear that? It was his wife that was running the burners. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. This strategy is not without its risk because if I if I get caught, then yeah. these are my neighbors. These yeah. are my people. But yeah. like. I, I, okay. High so, risk, high reward though. High risk, high reward. Exactly. Yeah. This is infinite entertainment and I will bring it to the podcast. Like <laughs> oh, once I start doing this, I'm going to bring the stories to the podcast. So I started looking. You're related to all of them. They're going to know it's you. <laughs> and you'll be they won't know. They won't know. I'm never going to tell. I'm never going to tell. The only people oh, that are going to hear are this podcast. And if anyone tells my neighbors, they're in a heck of a lot of trouble because <laughs> I'm going to do some horrible things. Like, so I started like the great thing about next door is they have, <laughs> they have like little, like you can alert, you, you can make different subjects. The thing, it's all about the subject line with next door because you get a notification email when it comes and most of it's like, Oh, dog out, dog on the loose, you know, right. uh, you know, someone need a new bird feeder, whatever, you know, but uh, I went on best of next door just to get my inspiration going. <laughs> like, here's a couple of subject lines that caught my eye. Urgent lemon throwers are at it again. <laughs> here's one. Here's one everyone in the neighborhood would be buzzing oh. about. Here's one suspicious van dropping off geese. Geese. <laughs> like oh I would goodness. have the neighbor. The neighborhood. <laughs> I need a very good recipe for pickled eggs. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, it's like um, it's like the neighbor from across the street and Bewitched or any '60s sitcom that like peered through the window. And yeah. she was a gossip, and she was going to just tell everybody what was going on. She now has an app. Is what it also can be really helpful, to be fair. But I like the stream no, that Jesse's no, leaving no us out. But it can be no really helpful, too. 
most of mine are going to be subject line something fishy going on dot 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 and then i just so you're just gonna make up a fake name yeah i'm gonna make up a fake name i'm gonna find an address here's how i'm gonna get i'm gonna find an address for a house that's for sale and Mm. i'm gonna claim that as my residence uh but it's always gonna be something fishy going on and then i make accusations that someone in the neighborhood might be into something nefarious and (laughs) i'm gonna try to I am going to try to create drama just for the entertainment value. Um, <laughs> I think I'm going to throw wild accusations, uh, accuse people of not cutting their grass. I want to be the ringmaster <laughs> of a neighborhood reality show that only I watch. I mean, clearly you have some uh, hot-tempered neighbors. The guy who's upset about the somebody's calling the police on the guy who's working on his pickup truck in his driveway. I mean, right. you've exactly. got some stuff that you can. I would have been all over that thread. Like if I had the name <laughs> set right now, I would have been like Frank. I'll come over, say it to your face right now, and then I would say, "Who's with me?" Exclamation point! Exclamation point! And then get other people to go confront Frank while I just ride my bike by casually, watching Frank get yelled at. It's perfect. It's a master plan. It's a way. It's a way to kind of. Here's the thing. I, I might be tearing people apart, but in a way, I'm bringing people together because nothing, nothing is stronger in human relationships than tension. And I'm creating tension throughout the neighborhood. So I want. I I think this needs to be like. I'm going to give. I've decided. I'm going to start it, and I'm going to give a monthly update on what kind of net drama I've started on next door. Mm. Love it. Let's do it. Is there am I is is there any legal liability I should be worried about, or do you guys give this the full support? As far as I know, it is not illegal to catfish your neighborhood. I'm not. Well, I'm not going to be asking anybody out on dates. I am going <laughs> no, to. No, I don't think catfishing is just misrepresenting your identity. Yeah, and getting them to think you're somebody. You're catfishing. You're not haunted, trying to seduce haunted them. Haunted cul-de-sac? Question mark? Question mark? Question <laughs> mark? Everyone in the neighborhood wants to be going on down there. You know. Something something fishy going on at and just give a random address in the neighborhood and make right. a wild yeah. accusation. Yeah. But you can't yeah. do that thing yeah. where like Mike Michael Scott, you know, like spread a rumor about Stanley having an affair and so yeah, then they covered exactly. up he spread a rumor about everybody else and then they're trying to figure exactly. out where all the rumors started and everybody had rumors said about them. But the rumor that was said about Michael was that somebody in the office was a GQ model. That was a rumor he spread about himself. So he's, he tried to cover it up, but didn't. I've already exactly. got the name. It's going to be Frank Bovey. Frank Bovey. And Bovey. he's going to be everywhere. Bovey. Why? Because Why no, Jesse. because it sounds so real. It sounds like there this could be a guy. This is never going to work. Bovey Frank. doesn't sound real. Frank sounds real. What's a good, what's a good last I've name? I've never heard of a last name called Bovey. McMinnis. Frank McMinnis. McMinnis. Yeah, Frank McMinnis. I can get no, that. That sounds, oh, no. that that sounds, sounds even fake. more fake. It sounds fake. <laughs> Frank Franklin. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse, it's just Franklin Franks. The, Franklin Franks. <laughs> the neighborhood like busy, an, anybody meet the neighborhood busybody <laughs> who just moved on Thoroughgood Ave? Franklin, Franklin Franks. Franks. <laughs> he's what? he's got his eye on things. He's retired. I got a whole. I'm, we got to worry about backstory. He's retired. Yeah, he's keeping an eye backstory. on things. Yeah. Just give like a regular last name, like Frank Waters or something. Yeah, Frank Waters, and you know he's an ex Navy guy. So he's yeah. you know oh, yeah. That that I mean, if half people in the neighborhood are ex Navy, they're not gonna know. An ex Navy guy. Yeah, I mean, they have a huge <laughs> Navy base there in uh, Virginia yeah, Beach. Yeah, exactly. You know, so. Half the neighborhood's Navy. You know. Yeah. So yeah, yeah he's an ex Navy guy. He's retired. He's no nonsense. He's going to keep no his nonsense. eye on everything. He, he's not putting up with shenanigans from the neighborhood kids, and lots of them are going to be my <laughs> primary targets early on because they're not on next door. They have no way of fighting back. <laughs> yeah. Homeowner, homeowners only, start, kids. 
<laughs> yeah, they're going to start telling their parents that this Frank Franklin Franks guy keeps <laughs> Lieutenant <laughs> Franklin Franks. It sounds totally real. Retire. <laughs> you know somebody's Retired gonna... Lieutenant Franklin Franks. All of a sudden, we're all going to get followed by a new Twitter account by Lieutenant Franklin Franks. You know, for sure we are. Yeah. No question. No question. <laughs> Dishonor- dishonorably discharged. <laughs> Please don't ask questions. <laughs> Dishonorably. They ask you about it. You're just like, I did what I had to do. <laughs> yeah. Why, why, why did you get discharged? Doing what had to be done. Frankly. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Franklin Franks, nice to meet you. Dishonorably discharged. Lieutenant retired. Franklin Franks. I don't think if you're dishonorably discharged, you introduce it's part of your yourself title. with that. It's part of your title. <laughs> retired. It's, no, it's in the formal military tire is retired. It's R-E-T period. Yeah. Parentheses. Dishonorably discharged. Then your rank, <laughs> lieutenant. Yeah. Then your name, yeah. Franklin Franks. So it's retired, <laughs> dishonorably long, discharged, lieutenant, Franklin Franks. Look it up. It's military code. <laughs> he, he did what had to be done. All right, move yeah. the show along. It's time for Slices. All right, what do you have, Jesse? Okay, I'm going to bring a, a twofer because uh, I really want to. Um, <laughs> we are. I, I, I ignored the royal wedding at all costs, as you guys know. Yeah, I, I to suffered, a rude extent, actually. I suffered through. I literally watched no coverage of it. Not one minute. Of my life okay, was okay, obvious. but here the only coverage I did see happened several days, uh, a couple weeks after the royal wedding recently, when uh, people uh, were sharing videos of a guy named Thomas J. Mace Archer Mills Esquire. Have you? Do you Ow. guys see anything about Thomas J. Mace yeah, Archer Mills yeah. Esquire? Yeah, he just moved into your neighborhood, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, I think he. I think he's just on, got on your next door. <laughs> he was dishonorably discharged from the navy before he's at Esquire. So before evidently getting a law degree. Uh, so, right. so I don't know what ha- he's probably disbarred. He's probably been disbarred since then. <laughs> oh my gosh, Thomas J. Mace Archer Mills Esquire. So uh, he has been like the global expert on the royal wedding. He's been interviewed on the BBC, on a bunch of American, like CNN, a bunch of American uh, 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 channels. Every every like major international news channels are covering the 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 royal wedding. When they needed to talk to an expert about royalty and the royal family, they brought on Thomas J. Mace Esquire, Archer Mills Esquire, and he was a gentleman that looked like what you would expect like a British royal wedding expert to look like. He wore tweed jackets, like fancy fedoras, elbow patches, and he talked with a thick British accent, and he knew everything about what it is to live uh, under, uh, to be one of the subjects of Her Majesty, as he frequently told, uh, you know, his... uh, people who were interviewing him. So he did, I think it was like close to 50 interviews on international TV. Wow. He even got hired by a cable uh, news channel to provide live commentary as the world's foremost British uh, royal expert. Uh, But a few days after the royal wedding, actually 10 days after the royal wedding, the Wall Street Journal did some digging about this expert and found that Mace Archer Mills Esquire, uh, his real name is Thomas Muscoletto, and he's from New Jersey and wow. was not, in fact, born in England and oh is goodness. not a royal expert. Uh, so he, he moved to the UK back in 2012 uh, and he has decided just to adopt a British persona because he, he just loves pretended. it. He just loves it so much that he's pretending <laughs> that he's this old British expert. And they ask, where did you learn 
where did you learn the fantastic British accent? And he said, I played Oliver in a school play when I was a kid and learned it. Oh, my gosh. He says he's not a fraud because he's actually, he's not making stuff up about the royal family, which I would give him way more props if he did. Uh, But he's not British. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't grow up in the countryside like he claims he did. And his name isn't what he claims it is. And I don't know if he has a law degree uh, because he has Esquire. But uh, props to that guy. It just shows, just because you're not, you know, born in England doesn't mean you can't be an Englishman on TV uh, and <laughs> do what, you know, shoot your shot, live your dream. Good job, uh, Muscolo. Uh, we're, I, I'm proud that an American infiltrated that whole horrible Is he still living in England? Yeah, he still lives in like, England. Like, he just lives there. That's his life. Oh, yeah. He loves it. He's, I mean. And do you get arrested for stuff like that? Can you get in trouble for that? I mean, what would they arrest you on? Yeah. What I don't know. That's why I'm asking. Impersonating I mean, an Englishman? Lying? Lying? I don't think that's a law. I know, I know. Well, well, I will I, say this. I would, have, got, I I would have been in juvie a lot when I was a kid if that was a law. <laughs> I, I will don't say this, spicy. though. Uh, Chop and Steel, our good friends who are on this very podcast, for just a quick backstory for people who don't know, they trolled a bunch of local new TV news stations. They were two gentlemen who were not in very good shape at all and claimed to be world-renowned inspirational strongmen and went to various <laughs> local, news TV, local news TV showed and demonstrated awful exercise maneuvers like they were doing push-ups on top of each other and and <laughs> lifting like milk jugs over their head and doing weird motivational phrases and ju- just as a joke right they got sued they couldn't they weren't pr- criminally prosecuted but the news stations a couple of them sued shop and steel as uh we depicted in an episode of outlaw hero uh for fraud <laughs> yeah, because for they, misrepresenting yeah expertise yeah, yeah. well uh, no, that, that would be the judge, same thing that'd be the same thing a judge two weeks ago dismissed it. Oh, uh, without prejudice. Really? Uh, so, and so, so opening the, the <laughs> opening the lane wide open for uh, be who you want to be. I man. love it. A lot, yeah, of, exactly. a lot of a lot more misrepresentation on morning talk shows. <laughs> <laughs> Precedent has been set. We live in a great country, is what I'm saying. And I think the other thing too is like. I think this extends to trolling people on the Nextdoor app as a false persona, too. Legally, there's a precedent that yeah. none of my neighbors can sue me, which is the primary Man, you have here. woven such a tale today, Jesse. I'm so <laughs> impressed. I have one more because I had a twofer. Um, I need help from a couple people. I need to raise some money because uh, a piece of property oh, that I'm very interested in has gone on the market, and it's only $925,000, which when you hear the details about this, yeah. you're you're going to want in because we have the rare <laughs> opportunity. We have the rare opportunity to live off the grid, secede from this country, and start our own <laughs> utopia. Here's what? the piece of property. It's out in the desert in California, and it's an actual ghost town. It's 300 oh, yeah. acres of land. Uh, and so there are still 22 historic structures on the site, including a historic hotel, a bunkhouse, <sighs> a chapel, a saloon, a museum, and you get all of it. Oh, you get all of it. I love for the Wild West. Yeah. So here's what I'm thinking. Put a big fence around it, and we have like a Westworld Truman Show type of situation going. <laughs> or the Where village. else are you going to... If Night Shyamalan's the village. I mean... Exactly. A big wall. Exactly. We can dress like we're in the Old West. We can create our own... Establish our own land. I feel like under a million bucks is a pretty good deal for like an Old West ghost town. 300 what, acres what, is a lot yeah, of land. How did... How, wait, so they, it just exists out there, and someone owns it because they're selling it mm-hmm. to you. I fa- the same families owned it, like since the Old West, and they just want to get it <gasps> off their hands. You can uh, own y'all just a don't town? even know how much I love Wild West stories. Keep it's a going. mining town. So, how? What's the closest airport? 
Uh, I think oh, it's pretty far. Cameron serious. Here I we think go. It, I think I, I mean, think it's pretty. You're far. talking about um, a number that I mean, if it was a reasonable drive, you really could turn that into a little tourist destination. Yeah, well, I Some mean, revenue. I'm looking at the images. You could, rent it out. <laughs> you could rent it out for weddings. Think about all the hipster Instagrams on that. Here's Dude. the thing. I think it's pretty far off the grid because the the map images that I've examined thoroughly. Um, I'm watching a video of it show, right now. It looks amazing. It does. Cameron, here's my thing, man. You've been thinking, I mean, hopefully I'm not revealing too many personal conversations, but you've revealed your desire one day to have like uh, a piece of land, land where, you know, you and yeah. Cohen and friends can go experience some of the outdoors at some point. Yeah. Go and just you, like get kids with dirt bikes and retreat. Just, yeah, we just, exactly. We blow up I mean, things probably and, not across the country, though. Yeah, no. I'm but, too lazy for that. <laughs> but Cameron, too, what? too lazy for that. If it's not within an hour's drive, bougie, I'm not going. Say, right. What if what if we go in on this together and I find a way and you, just trust me on this, no questions asked, <laughs> to raise the money. Will you, will you be will you oh, be I'm the co, co, co holder of this deed with oh, me? Oh, I'm in. I, I would I would put up cash. I I mean I'm I'm in. I'm looking at this I, video. It is stunning. I, I yeah. it would be a dream to even <gasps> visit something like this. It's amazing. Yeah, but what if you owned it and you, and you, you don't have to visit it? You can have it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's. I mean, do you have to redo all the buildings? I, I'm not seeing it. So, theater of the minds, me here. It's it's everything you think of a hundred year old abandoned. So you have to like you have to like put bathrooms in and clean it up and blah 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 blah. It's not like oh, yeah. ready to go. Oh, uh, it's definitely a fixer upper. No, it's a, a it's a movie upper. set. Nothing more. Well, <laughs> well, well here, and here, here's a quote from, from the property site. Uh, Restoration has been undertaken on most of the buildings. The rest are in a state of protected arrested decay. So I don't really know oh. what a protected arrested decay, but some of them have been restored. They've done this That's a lot a with castles in the UK as well, where like they, you know, if a, if a castle or an old structure is, you know, just kind of rotting, once that ceiling gives in and the, and the elements get inside, I mean, all of a sudden it's a fast and rapid decline, right? So they'll go in there and they don't restore it. They keep everything original, but they'll reinforce it or they'll put scaffolding and bracing and stuff. So it won't cave in. That's what that means. So yeah. these buildings will not fall down if, yeah. if they've done that. That's great. Yeah, we're I don't think they have like home. new granite countertops or anything. But <laughs> I think I don't think you, <laughs> I don't think he's gonna like cave in on you. But what state I, is this in? California? Yeah, yeah, it's in California. Dude, I love California. Cerro Gordo is what it's called. Cerro Gordo. We have a lot of listeners in California, and I'm thinking of one movie producer in particular who listens, and he does investment properties and I, and he could. It's a it's a perfect set for for any show you want. Like. Yeah, you know, that is like, Western. Yeah, as long as it's a Western that, that or a futuristic the, that Western. That is set in the Old West. The Which I am looking West. for. I just finished a series and I'm looking for my next Western to watch. And so I want... Gunsmoke. So let's make one. Bonanza. Gunsmoke. But, it, but here, here's the thing. Like, I mean, $900,000 $900, is not a small amount of money. But for a whole town, it doesn't seem like that much. That's Yeah. And it, there's revenue opportunities. That's the thing. It's like you're not just throwing money away. This is an investment toward right. liquidity. That's I'm right. telling you, there's something there, um, Mr. Uh, producer friend. You need to hit Jesse up. We might need to we, we might need to work out something here. Do you remember yeah. Tulsa, Oklahoma? Uh, uh, the big church there, Church on the Move. Um, uh, uh, Willie uh, George, Gospel Bill. Willie George. He had a Christian yeah. TV show in the 80s, 90s called Gospel Bill. And they yeah. filmed it at Camp Dry Gulch, and they built an old West town in Tulsa. And it's actually a camp that like they would take YouTube to and stuff like that. Wow. But it was a Christian Saturday morning Christian TV show that I watched as a kid. 
gospel bill yeah. and he and he played a sheriff and there was a, the characters and the whole thing i so would have I, loved this i'm looking right now i i zoomed out uh, i think you would probably fly into like fresno cameron is the choice then you have to cross the, the Sierra, armpit of the sequoia national <laughs> forest and oh, that's beautiful that's beautiful so it yeah. was a real western town that has just existed out there and no one's since the 1800s since the 1800s it's been out. it's oh, like I love a few hours so away from fresno airport isn't it it looks like it on the map yeah but think about the drive through the sequoia national forest it'd be yeah. beautiful okay i'm in i'm in <laughs> I, i'll be honest once i once i stumbled upon this story it's all i've been thinking about like <laughs> i've got a good hundred hundred fifty dollars i can put in hey, dude so. jesse this is in my blood what you're talking about setting up like an autonomous society is in my mm-hmm. blood back i've told the story and i won't get into it but back you know 150 years ago there was a faction in the mormon church and you had yeah you had uh on one side, uh, the guy who became famous, Joseph Smith. Yep. Joseph Smith, yeah. Yeah, you know, BYU, Brigham Young, all those guys. Yeah. Yep. And then the other faction mm-hmm. took his followers and went up and settled on an island in, in Michigan. And, it was, and, and, and the leader was Strang, and he named himself <gasps> King, King Strang. Oh, it's Lord. the only person in U.S. history to claim U.S. land as a sovereign territory. So well, yeah. much. He took to over me. Beaver Island <laughs> wow. in the Michigan. And he named it his own country and he imposed taxes yeah. and all this kind of stuff. He ended up becoming a state senator for Michigan and his own, and he's formed a cult and his own followers assassinated him and he got shot 10 times and he still lived another five days. And it was because <laughs> he was going around door to door demanding more tithes. Wow. And so I'm telling you, it's in my blood, Jesse. Let's create hey, our own well, society, I've- dude. I've been watching Wild Wild Country, and I saw all their missteps, mostly poisoning the people that were part of the cult. That was a bad move. But, you know, what they did is they bought, like this, a really remote piece of land, and they brought in enough people into the area to incorporate. And so they actually had their own city. So the city ordinances were on them. They could do whatever they want. You know, Cameron, this is our opportunity, but ours is a sweet ghost town, not some. What if we, you know, you know we want to impact culture. We want to make the world a better place. Oh my gosh. Here oh we go. my God. We want to, we, there are two ways to enact change. You can oh call dear. out Here what's wrong, or you can point to how things could be. Jesse, mm-hmm. let's live our a words utopia. out. Let's uh, go oh. create a utopia, show the yeah. world how we can coexist how we can live selflessly and for the other, how we can learn from each other and create an integrated, uh, positive society in the, in the desert of California. And then the things you were and saying then, is exactly what people say when they start cults. And then, and then no, they no society that has gone off the grid, operated no. autonomously and has created their own utopian belief system has never gone wrong. Annie. Okay. No, and then, both of you have all the words to start a cult makes me want to leave this family yesterday. Join us. It, I'm glad you said out. family. I'm glad you said family because we call our town the family. The it's family. not cult like it's very loving. But you're part of welcome so to we, what we do is family. we have the model. It's working. It's sustaining. And then we bring people in to learn the model franchisees. Andre. And then they go out and they do Say it as well. Things. And we replicate it that way. It's a church growth strategy. Make it's basically it stop, the arc. <laughs> it's basically the arc disputes, and all stuff. I was like, I feel like I've heard this happen before. If there's any disputes, <laughs> if there's sure. any disputes we will settle him. The old West way. Which is, <laughs> it's actually pretty grizzly when you think I'm about it. It's a duel. It is a duel at high noon. I do. I do like the idea of eating lunch at a saloon where the doors swing open. Yeah. I like yeah. the swinging. Well, door. except and, and, every and, time and, they and you scre- don't sit close to the bartender. They always slide the, the beverage. They sling the drinks. Yeah. But I, 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 sling I think, the O'Doul's not alcoholic beer. I think right the, down the swinging door noise would give me PTSD because half the time somebody goes in there. 
there's a problem. You know, yeah. like yeah. if the if the doors are swinging, yeah, he's looking for somebody. Hey, if yeah. you're gonna start a Wild West cult, you're gonna have some problems, <laughs> Cameron. You don't want to be afraid. No, of no, no, that's no, part no. of the excitement of living there. Because Cameron, haven't you ever wanted to been been an old fashioned saloon tussle where someone gets picked up <laughs> by the by the scruff of the, the neck in their belt loop and they are <laughs> run down the surface of the bar like this? Whoa! <laughs> thrown off. <laughs> then a guy jumps off the balcony, swings on the chandelier, and with two boots kicks the guy who dragged the guy across all while the lady on the uh you know piano, the piano thing yeah. is still cranking out the saloon tunes and the guys play poker in the corner that's me yeah. that's annie i'll just keep cranking out those tunes that happens every night that happens every stuff. night in our little city that happens every night in our charming little place. i've always wanted to wear one of those fancy red dresses like they do so okay i'm in yeah, the sort yeah, the sort of guys that would want to move out there, high character, hardworking guys, sort of guys mm-hmm. that any, you know, you'd you'd want to be around. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So <laughs> some guy, I was on a plane the other day and some guy was watching the you know like the nineties film uh Maverick. You know, it was on the Ethiopian Airlines wow. flight that only has old movies. And for some reason <laughs> Maverick in like three different languages was on there with Jody Foster and Mel Gibson. And I was watching it out of the corner of my eye. You know how like even if it's a movie you don't care about on a plane, whatever your seatmates watching is always more interesting than what you're watching. For but sure. you can't flip over to it because then they know you flipped over to it because you were watching what they were watching <laughs> that was that scenario because like man i've seen maverick ever and it made the old west look pretty cool there was fist fights there was bull whips always flying around they were they were going out the countryside on trains they were shaving with those old blade you know yeah. Yeah, single yeah, blades. Yeah, yeah. it was very we, cool are we talking about uh, using an old west setting to create a new type of society because if that's the case then we're not like living like it's 1800s we would still have technology we'd have you know i was just about to ask about that like you guys are gonna like role play out there no 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 no. see i'm (laughs) saying what about this you guys business andre you gotta come too yeah you gotta come too (laughs) racial harmony is gonna be one of our main tenants what are you talking about we need you dude the the pictures if you can look online folks look at what's the name of the town it is really beautiful so uh, C-E-R-R-O-G-A-R-D-O. Two words. All right. What's your, was that your twofer or do you still got one more? No, that was my twofer. That was my twofer. All right. There you go. All right. What do you have, Annie? So, I mean, we've already discussed my um, current eating habits, but pizza still has my heart, as we have talked about before. I just can't eat it. But listen, Domino's, have y'all noticed that Domino's is kind of up in their game lately? Did you, have y'all seen that they are having hot spots around where you can get pizzas delivered to you, like at a park or oh, at a yeah. football stadium? They rolled out for the summer 150,000 hot spots where like yes. public spaces where you can have Domino's deliver. I'll tell you, I was watching, I mentioned on Wednesday's show, watching Ugly Delicious. They did, uh, David Chang, they did a whole thing about pizza and David Chang grew up eating Domino's and he loves, he has a soft spot for Domino's. And so he actually brought that into it and they went back and they, he actually went on some like delivery runs with Domino's and stuff. And like, they are a technology company now because yeah. like as, when you place your order, I mean, you're getting live updates of the oh, status yeah. of the pizza. You can mm-hmm. track it and stuff. It is amazing what they're doing beyond just the food. Yeah. I mean, and the hotspot thing is brilliant. Yeah. Is it like a help tower? Like you just go over and it's like a. I think it's like you do a geo, like, like there are spots on your city map that you can, in their app, you can say, I'm, I'm here. Oh, wow. And then the yeah. person will know to come there. Well, then. Right. I think yeah. I, if I'm not mistaken, Domino's was the first company back in the day to put that little white plastic patio table 
in the middle of the pizza so the top of the box doesn't crunch down oh, on the cheese. They've I've, been innovators from the beginning. I the can only assume that they invented. Why the little, little plastic the three patio, patio, patio table. table. You guys know what I'm talking about. exactly what you're talking about and Everyone I've does. never thought to describe it like that and that's exactly what it is, is a it three-legged is. patio table. You don't see that anymore very well. Why did they stop doing the We've improved our box technology. The cardboard rigidity is up a lot higher now. Thanks to Domino's. Thanks to Domino's. Well, yeah. So here's the other thing Domino's is doing that I think is so fascinating. Not only are they delivering pizzas, but they have started doing a thing called Paving for Pizza Initiative, where they are fixing potholes in cities where customers are saying, yes, we need help. And it's about getting the pizzas, your carry home pizzas to your house without hitting a pothole. And so, so far, they've repaired about 40 different potholes in one city alone in Milford, uh, Milford, Delaware. But they've also already repaired in Bartonville, Texas, Burbank, California, and one of the cities of my heart, one of my former homes, Athens, Georgia. Really? They've already, which we do eat a lot of Domino's in Athens, Georgia. Pizza so people, for the college kids. So carry out customers were taking their pizza because I saw their campaign, their commercial campaign saying they will replace your pizza if you carry out and right. you something happens to it before you get home or whatever. What? Like if you drop it or hit a pothole, yeah. they'll yeah. Go, just go back, they'll replace it, no questions asked. So this has been a whole thing. So now they're going to the next step and saying, we and want repairing. to remove the potholes on your drive home. Yes. And so then when they fill it up, they cut, they fill up, they repair the pothole and then they spray paint their little Domino's logo on it and it says, oh yes, we did. On every wow. pothole they fix. That is brilliant. Cameron, is brilliant. I just figured out a very... Mm. Uh, a oh sneaky boy. and freeway to repair the, all the potholes in our ghost town we're about to purchase. <laughs> 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 I'm going to order a lot of Domino's. Domino's and yeah, we like, this, it. this place is a mess. The people that own this cult city, uh, I'm sorry, city, I don't know why I said cult, this city, <laughs> don't care about the roads. Domino's, fix them. And then, yeah. you know, right. that take care of that. And then they do. Uh, that's funny. Oh, uh, well, it will definitely them. get people to come to our ghost town. I mean, you're a ghost town. Right. <laughs> Thank you, Andre. There. You're in. You're in. It's going to be the only, I mean, it's Andre, the can you be desert. the bartender who slides the drinks down? Listen, I feel like that nothing would, we, people but, would love seeing you. Yeah. Our, citizen, <laughs> our citizenship ceremony. Which, do y'all hear Jesse? He's about to des- describe a citizenship. A, well, I'm just saying, everyone always accuses us of being a cult. Weird stuff going on there <laughs> in that ghost town. I'm just saying, it's a citizenship ceremony. It's not an initiation not ritual. Good. So just back up, people. <laughs> yeah, just don't I mean, worry about uh, it. America Sponsored has citizenship ceremonies. I mean, somebody goes through and becomes a new legal legal status. They have true. a nice ceremony. It's true. It's a ritual. It's lots what of candles. Kind of stuff? It's do a vow. Do we hand them a pizza there's a, right away? There's an evil. There's an evil <laughs> vow. There's pizza oh, at the end. Vow. There's pizza at the end. There's a sacrifice and there's pizza. <laughs> <laughs> the sacrifice is that you had to move out to There's the middle of nowhere. Sacrifice. Yeah, I mean, it's There's you're not going to probably see your family for a while because it's very difficult to get out there. I mean, most of the journey over that mountain range has to be made by mule. So, <laughs> and we don't let you leave once you're there. You don't get to leave. Yeah, have you so, seen? Yeah, well, the unless village. you keep the yeah. mule, but most of them perish on the way because it's a very difficult journey. There's the path is strewn with dead mules. It's horrible. Oh Someone wants to do something. Oh, oh, We're trying to get Domino's to get a solution for easy. <laughs> Because we got a whole we got a whole situation with the mule right now. We got but, a lot uh, of dead mules honestly, out there. honestly, we were not prepared. We were prepared oh for. God. We did not see this coming. <laughs> All right, what do you have, Andre? Oh, so uh, stuff no one tells you. <laughs> <laughs> so a digital business platform called Alfresco conducted a survey of hundreds of um, IT professionals. 
And they confirmed that your boss is probably spying on you, like reading your email and all that kind of stuff, reading your, like tracking really? all of your digital activity. And it is crazy. 87% of companies, according to the report, monitor your email. Uh, 70 look at your web browser history. 70% look at your web browser history. A little over half monitor what you're doing on Slack and other like instant messaging platforms. Um, 41% check your voicemail. Oh my gosh! Your, vo- Check your work your voicemail. voicemail. Your work voicemail. Sorry, I should have said that. Like, not like your cell phone. Like, that's. I I don't see how they do that. Um, and about thirty four percent look at your Facebook or LinkedIn. So, careful what you're doing at work. Here, here's my question: because this can't be like small businesses. Because who would have the time to do I mean, this? Seriously, type of thing? I have two it employees, has, and I don't have any kind of time like that. That's what I'm saying. This has to be like major companies. Yeah, these are companies with like over 500 employees. They're they're large companies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so did they the, just have like a spy on staff? Cameron, do you have a spy on staff that's looking at everybody's stuff? We can't speak about that. <laughs> I mean, but they would have more HR liabilities, so they would be looking for discrimination things or practices that would harm the business. I, with large corporations, I maybe could understand because you'd have a lot more range of people that you have to hire. Frankly, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah a small yeah. team like us, it would never even occur to us. You know, yeah, if yeah. somebody's not well, on the same page, you just kind of know. You don't need to look at their browser history yeah. to know that. You know, I mean, I am spying on people at Relevant, but no one asked me to. Right, that's right. We, it's just voluntary. <laughs> Hey, we did. I bait them in. Nosy. I bait them into questionable Google searches, and then I report them. And Cameron, no, it's hey, disturbed me hey, that this you is, have this not is listened the, to any of my reports. <laughs> this is the truth. This person this is spent the most of his day researching a ghost town, and it's like Jesse. That's you. Uh, this was the funniest thing that happened. Like this individual is no longer with us. It was several ago, but our one of our web developers years ago. Um, he had uh, he was a quirky personality, as many web developers are. And on on the little camera on his iMac, he put a piece of tape over the little dot, right? Okay. And I didn't notice it for a long <laughs> time. But then Jesse's already he wasn't, laughing. He wasn't like around one day, and I looked over there, and I was like, "Why does he have that on there?" Yeah. And JD says he thinks you're watching him. He thinks you're <gasps> watching him. Well, he thought you personally you were watching. Him. Yeah, yeah. So he thought the little that th- there's so many holes in this. Number one, if I was wanting to spy on an, an employee, I don't want to activate their camera to look at their face. All right. I would want to screen share with them. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like, well, I know he's at his computer looking at something. Yeah. And it's like that right. tells me nothing. Two, yeah. right. two that is the little the little green dot fires up. I mean, there's no right sneaky. Right. Whatever, but he, JD said, no, very seriously, he thought he had evidence that I was turning, I was activating his camera to watch him. Wow. So, but that's, that's does that so make you weird. question your skills as a developer if he thinks that that's <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Because you're like, he doesn't understand very I'm much about computers. Computer. I mean, no, you all put tape over your little camera? No. I have so many friends who do that, who keep tape over their camera because they're like, people are watching you all the time. I... But what do they, what, do they bring so. it in the shower? Like, who cares? Like, what are they going to see? <laughs> right. Like, They're going to oh, watch no, me the, typing on my computer, yeah. watch my face <laughs> as I'm writing a book? Okay. Yeah. Russian spies just watch my face as I return four emails. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. I, I wouldn't occur to me to monitor stuff. I, I would put, if I could, if I, actually, I probably can put like maybe web filters on things uh-huh. just to keep a standard yeah. of, yeah. we don't go to those sites at work, you know, yeah. but like, I would never, who cares about monitoring emails or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, strange. Okay. 
Well, on that note, we'll wrap up Slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Paul Schrader joins us. Are you into me? listening to Claro. The song is Hello. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard Need to Breathe with Bullets. Well, this episode of The Relevant Podcast is brought to you by Blue Apron. With incredible ingredients and chef-designed recipes, Blue Apron lets you see the power of what food can do. Blue Apron delivers farm-fresh ingredients and step-by-step recipes right to your door. And the menu changes every week based on what's in season and is designed by Blue Apron's in-house culinary team. Uh, Like right now, you can enjoy meals inspired by the vibrant cooking of the Mediterranean. I mean, it's summer, you know, like seared salmon and spicy orange salsa. It's centered around fruits, veggies, lean meats, and plenty of olive oil. The recipes are delicious and nutritious. Blue Apron offers three plans, the two-person meal plan, my favorite, the family meal plan, and the wine plan. Hey, hey. Hey, check out this week's menu and get your first three meals for free at blueapron.com slash relevant. That's blueapron.com slash relevant to get your first three meals for free. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Legendary filmmaker Paul Schrader is known for writing films like Raging Bull, Taxi Driver, and directing numerous other critically acclaimed movies in a career that dates back more than 40 years. His latest film is called First Performed, and it stars Ethan Hawke as a priest suffering a crisis of faith. Um, it's already being called one of the best films of the year. The, uh, the current issue of Relevant that's at the printer right now, it's going to be coming out soon, uh, has a, a great profile and conversation with Ethan Hawke in it. It's, it's great. Um, but we want to bring you the conversation with the film's acclaimed director here on the podcast. We recently spoke with Paul about uh, the film and his own faith story. Here is Paul Schrader. When you hear that uh, someone of faith is going to walk into this movie, what, what are your kind of uh, hopes or maybe concerns or expectations? How would you want them to, to receive something like this? Well, you know, I'm a product of the Christian Reformed Church in West Michigan, Westside Christian, Grand Rapids Christian High, Calvin College. That's my life. uh, I still go to church, and uh, it's always been part of my life. I also make secular and profane movies, and I have no problem with that either. (laughs) But, uh, you know, when I decided to address this, because I, as a young man, I had written a book about theological aesthetics, about spiritual film. And I never thought I would make a film of this type because I didn't think that was me. And then about three years ago, I started to realize that the time had come in my life to write a, a film about uh, the crisis of faith. And that's sort of how it began. And I did do a, um, a little bit of a seminary tour about a month ago. We showed the film, had a Q&A, and then the next day I gave a lecture from the new edition of the book, and we had a faculty uh, panel 
And we did this at Calvin College in Grand Rapids. We did it at Fuller Theological in Pasadena. And then we did it at Yale Divinity in New Haven. So I did have a chance in these three cities to speak to a lot of theologians, you know, seminary faculty and um, students. So I, I did get a pretty good feel for that, how the film would be re- responded to. Why this character specifically to to focus in on? I mean, because he does have that that really rooted traditional background that you talk about. You know, it, the first script I wrote was Taxi Driver, which was about a young man who was lonely and who was a taxi driver. And then another 15 years later, I wrote about him when he was a drug dealer and he was anxious and middle-aged. Now I'm writing about him as a pastor and I'm an older man and he is now caught with the sickness unto death. And uh, so it's just an evolution of a character that has meant something to me over the decades. And it's it's kind of different, though, because you would expect and you hear this a lot in the church, too, that, you know, that that God and a relationship with Jesus is, is almost like can be a, a, a cure for loneliness, that you're never truly alone. And I feel like that can be a conception of what it means to have faith. So I feel like this kind of probes at something different than what something like a taxi driver. Yeah, Well, that's when God is uh, is listening, you know. You know, when when instead you feel his silence, then it's the shoe is on the other foot. You know, he he says in the movie that this journal is a form of prayer. Right. Well, he wouldn't be writing the journal if he could actually pray. Yeah, that's the one thing I kept thinking is we're never seeing this guy talk to God. Well, he's trying. He's trying. You know, it comes up over and over again. You know, he talks about it. You know, if I could only pray, you know, how easy it is for people to talk about prayer who have never really tried. He's not the first person to feel that there's nobody on the other end of the line. Is that is that something that that you're hopeful is kind of like a doorway into the movie where other people can like relate to that experience? Or do you find this experience to be something really specific to this character? No, I mean, I think that. Every Christian at some point passes through a period where they just think God's not listening and that they've lost communication and they may never find it again. And what should they do? You know, Um, this is part of the spiritual dialogue of a conscientious person. Then, then what would you say to someone who sees a movie like this or, or even like a, a trailer or a spot for something like this and just kind of dismisses it as one of those like, you know, secular profane movies? You know, it's not as intense as, as like a taxi driver. But what would you say to someone who's kind of ready to dismiss this movie off the bat? Well, I would first say be my guest. You know, <laughs> nobody's making you see this movie. You know, I can lead a horse to water, but I can't make him drink. If this is not for you, fine with me. But uh, uh, if you are a person of faith, I think it deserves a view. My church, Mount Kisco Presbyterian, uh, sponsored a screening in uh, at the Burn Center in Pleasantville here in New York uh, a month ago. 
and we had a screening for the congregation. And it was an edifying experience all around. So, of course, there are going to be the haters. Of course. You know, there are a lot of people who use Jesus' Jesus's name to defend bigotry and hatred. Uh, and I don't, know, I don't even know how you approach those people. That was Paul Schrader. Check out First Reformed. It's in theaters now. Rolling out now. to Georgia Smith, spelled J-O-R-J-A, because she's fancy. The song is Lost and Found. Well, normally, this is where we have our Listener of the Week. We had one lined up. We did. It was it was a great one, probably the best one yet. It was, it was great. It was, and uh, Chandler, Chandler's a out. A ghost from the ghost town. It was Franklin. Uh, Chandler's right. out on vacation. <laughs> we were going to get, we were finally going to get the retire, we were finally going to get the story of the dishonorable discharge from Franklin Franks and <laughs> technical but problems. What, what, we, what we realized is that while Chandler did hand the baton in a lot of ways to our newest team member, Clark Flippo. And trained him on a lot of things about this podcast. He did not tell him how to add on that extra Skype line for the list of the week. Clark, <laughs> so we feel as if, I don't know if you have a mic, if not, nod to Cameron. Do you feel if that Chandler sabotaged you this morning? <laughs> that's a yes. It's a hardcore that's a, sabotage. That's a for sure. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, so due to technical difficulties, we will uh, punt the listener of the week this week and we will bring, we will bring it back next week. We're having a lot of fun doing the listener of the week. Yeah. I love um, it. Yeah, it's great. So uh, with that, we'll wrap the show up. I mean, we, you know, considering we spent a solid 40 minutes uh, <laughs> planning our vacation destination slash cult, um, I, I think we can probably wrap the show up. <laughs> we should go. We should let people have their weekends. We should just well, leave. And you're saying we're ending on a high note. No yeah, yeah, yeah. offense oh, to Paul week, Schrader, yeah. but we brought back up the ghost town. So we're technically ending on that high note. <laughs> Congratulations on all your Lord work. Lord have mercy. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. All right. Um, many thanks to the show's sponsor for making the episode possible. Go over to loveandmoney.com to get the Together app and check out all the resources they have to help you live more generously. And also thanks to Blue Apron. Remember, you can get your first three meals for free by going to blueapron.com slash relevant. Well, uh, before we wrap the show up, there's a, you know, if you heard Wednesday's episode and obviously the news from last week or so, there's a lot of conversation right now about mental health, especially in the church and, and, uh, um, you know, having honest conversations. Uh, the current issue of Relevant, when it's out now, has actress Aubrey Plaza on the cover talking about that exact thing. Um, if you haven't seen the issue, um, uh, newsstands or picked it up, or if you don't subscribe, I highly suggest you do it. You can go over to relevantmagazine.com and, and check out the, the entire um, uh, issue. And actually, if you, while you're there, if you subscribe now, you will uh, get the next issue. You'll get it in time for the next issue, which is at the printer now. Um, yeah. 
a lot of lot of good stuff coming. Excited we'll tell you about, about the coming one. week. Excited. Yeah. yeah, it's a good episode or good issue. Uh, on that note, we will wrap things up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Andre Henry. I'm Clark Flippo. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Annie F. Downs. We'll see you next week. listening to the relevant podcast if you like what you heard be sure to leave us a review on itunes check out other shows from the relevant podcast network in the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com and while you're there browse exclusive podcast merchandise at our online store make sure to subscribe to relevant magazine info is available at relevantmagazine.com forward slash subscribe Russian spies just watch my face as I return four emails. Oh, no. Relevant Podcast Network.